0: This is the daily podcast from St Paul's Nicebridge, an invitation to pause for not more than 10 minutes each day to think, to reflect and to pray. My name's Alan Guile and this week we're exploring paradox, spurred on to do so by the so-called Pinocchio paradox, which we defined on Monday. And encouraged by the fact that while paradox can be little more than a piece of logical absurdity, it can equally be the vessel, the container for a spiritual puzzle or mystery, which, if we'll wrestle with it and allow it to enter into our hearts as well as our minds, can help us to move beyond the world we are comfortable seeing and into a richer, deeper world in which we're pushed out of our comfort zone and into a place of greater truth and keener insight. Jesus and the Church's story of Jesus embrace a number of paradoxes, which, as with the Pinocchio paradox, can be the grit in the oyster, which, who knows, may yield a pearl of insight in us, even one of great price. So, Thursday, faith and work. "'I remember in my first parish one of the first funerals I had to conduct. "'A woman in the local community had died, and would I visit the family?' said my boss, and so I did. "'After all the necessary pleasantries and the talk about her background and life, "'I asked, slightly hesitantly, I think, "'and what about her faith? Was she a churchgoer?' "'Oh, father,' her husband said, "'she had her own funny little faith, but she was a good person.' She did so many good things. In all honesty, it didn't matter to me whether she had been a churchgoer or not. It was that I didn't want to misrepresent her life on the day of her funeral, nor to make glib assumptions which might have left her family thinking that I was burying somebody else and not their mother or wife. They seemed happy to have me conducting the service, and I was happy to provide What was important to them, though, was that she was a woman of action, of good deeds, and in their mind this was important as we commended her to God. Out there in the relatively unchurch world in which priests of the established church are active, many people who don't particularly go to church nonetheless have a sense that, if they are good and busy people doing good works, that is, if not the same, at least a worthy equivalent. Coming to Mass, sharing in the sacraments, being people of prayer, professing an active faith is less important in the minds of many than doing good works. When I left parish work and became a chaplain working with young people, one thing I quickly learned was that the mindset there was very different for zealous young Bible-believing Christians on campus, what mattered was not whether one was about good works, but rather whether one could express faith in Jesus Christ as one's personal Lord and Saviour. For these young Christians, it mattered far less what the outward signs of faith were than how confident your personal confession of faith was. Faith, for them, seemed to be a leap of trust in a personal relationship with their Lord, and a matter of inward conversion. These two vignettes, the one on campus, the other in the parish, hold before us a paradoxical, not to say contradictory, understanding of what belief in God is all about. And classically, these two understandings have caused huge rifts, tears in the fabric of the church. It's tempting to start with the part these played in the time of the European Reformation, but the tension is there centuries before in the scriptures themselves. The epistle of St. James in the New Testament states, a person is justified by works and not by faith alone. The letter to the Romans states, a person is justified by faith apart from works of the law. The contradiction, the tension, the paradox couldn't be clearer. And many centuries later, Christians of the Reformed churches fell on the words of the letter of the Romans and held in contempt the words of the Epistle of St. James. Martin Luther viewed the writings of St. James as of lesser worth than other New Testament writers, and indeed called the Epistle of St. James an epistle of straw in his introduction to the German translation of the Bible in 1522. Are we saved by what we do out of our faith in terms of works, or are we saved by faith in Jesus Christ? Well, discuss. The Reformation debate was as much politically motivated as theologically driven But it also speaks of a debate about the idea of justification, language drawn from the writings of St Paul, which speak of what God does for us by his grace. Distilling the idea of life in God down to the single notion of justification, a term that is susceptible of different and nuanced interpretation, was for many in the times of the Reformation a blind and ultimately bloody alley. The fractures in the fabric of the church caused by the violent debates about justification, grace, faith and works endure to this day, and they are to be repented of, but that is history. For those of us today striving to know how to live well as believers in a complex world, dealing with the wreckage of history may seem a less urgent cause than simply working out what faith means today in a complex world. The paradox we have to wrestle with, and again, paradoxes are not, despite all the disputations of the Reformation era, problems to be solved with winners and losers and simple solutions, so much as aspects of a mystery to be lived out. The paradox we need to wrestle with has to do with the fact that in a healthy life, living well and fully must be about both inward conversion and the outward signs that conversion brings in our dealing with neighbours and the world beyond us. Many people, perhaps some of us, like that woman in my first parish, confuse Christian faith with being nice and doing good things. The challenge is to live with this paradoxical relationship between inward conversion and outward works, so that both have place in our lives and, and this is the important thing, that we see the connection between them.